Well, the Lord uh, has given me a perspective today. <clears throat> I don't think it necessarily will be new to anyone, uh, but uh, I think it can be a reminder. And I have some scripture verses that I'm going to uh, you know, draw our thoughts from this morning. Uh, to give us a picture. God is a God of stories. In the beginning, God. God is telling the world a story. It's a story that God invites everyone to become a character and a player in it. God is, has revealed himself through history, through stories. Those stories of the past that that help us sometimes to temporarily at least step out of, you know, our particular time frame of culture. And we can step back and we can evaluate what's going on in our culture in light of the stories in the culture that has been revealed in this holy book. We're shaped by stories. The power of stories. God's stories, our story, yes. We're born into this story, story of faith, of life. Yes, it's God's story, but we're all can be and are part of that story. So stories have shaped your life. Whether it's just naturally or it was a story that you first heard about Christ. Jesus spent, you know, the majority of his preaching was stories. Stories that were stories of truth, life, and impacting, conveying <clears throat> to us. So let's read these scriptures. This is the the ending of the Old Testament. And there's a message that God ends that time frame with. Well, we will look at that. And we will open up in the New Testament and see that there is a real correlation between the ending and the beginning. Remember the law of Moses. This is the story now. 
my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all of Israel. Now, to I won't go into it, but, you know, if you go back and read the account of Mount Horeb, you get a picture of what he's talking about when he tells them, I want you to remember this. I want you to step back to that story. And I want you, you know, to re remember it so you can evaluate the present with the past. With all the statutes and judgments, New Testament, or excuse me, did any, any prophesies? You know, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to the fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. How many know that God wants to bless and not curse? He does. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Now these things, that is those things in the story of the past, became examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. The story is to impact, past stories impact our present life, if we pay attention to them. Here he says, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonitioning or our instruction upon the, whom the ends of the ages have come. So that last statement tells us, you know what I mean? There's, a, there's an emergency, you know, in paying attention to the stories. I've entitled this message today, Family, the Fireplace of Revival. Family, the fireplace of revival. You don't often hear, and it doesn't even reflect, it says he's not turning the hearts of the children to the mothers or the mothers to the children because seldom is there a gap there. Seldom is there a disconnect, a distance that happens between children and mothers. Interesting, but uh, how many have seen the sports figures say, I love you, Father, when they're on TV? I love you, Mother. I love you, Mom. Hi, Mom. I don't know why. I've never been on TV. Anybody asked me that question, but uh, I'm just giving you an example. <laughs> But he says, I want to turn the hearts. He says, I want to, I, I want to, to close this generational gap. I want to, you know, bring together the hearts of the past, present, and the future.
And to turn our hearts means to reconcile, to restore, to plant promises in. I think that's important. It's not just to reconcile and restore, but it's to plant promises in also. Both in the hearts of the fathers and the children. If be the case in the broken relationships, you know what I mean? He wants that restored. Compromised relationships, he wants to renew those. It is in reality, it is turning to the God of our Father's faith, the faith of the patriarchs, that we can look at their story and evaluate our, our story. When Jesus came, the main, one of the main objectives was to let you know that the Father's heart has been turned toward the children. I have come to introduce us to the Father. The Father side of God. Israel knew a lot about Almighty God. But they didn't know a lot about the Father heart of God. And so God sends His Son to reveal the Father to turn or let us know that the Father's heart is turned toward us in hopes that uh, the children's heart will be turned toward him. The passage of Scripture that we started out with in the book of uh, Malachi is, it is a bridge between the old and the new, between the past and the future, between the young and the old. It's the restoration of intergenerational relationships of faith. He says, I want you to look back. Remember the law of Moses. I want you to look and see the faithful work of God in the past. And then he goes on to say, I also want you to look forward to the victory that lies ahead. That bridge between what God has said and done in the past and what he will say and do in the future. That passage of scripture tells us that God is not finished. He's not finished. His plan for the world is still active. It's still on the plain playing field. You will notice that it says in the New Testament when John the Baptist comes on the scene and begins his uh, preaching. Now why is this message so important? Because of all that the preacher could tell us. Of all the stories he could have brought forth. Of everything he could have said, he ends with it and starts with it. The family, the relationships, because in reality, it is the fireplace of revival. 
the fireplace of revival. You can have flare-ups that look like revival, but if it doesn't happen in the home, it doesn't, is not sustained. That's why he says, I want to turn the hearts of the fathers in the hearts of the children. He says that he is going to, he's doing this, you know, so that there would be a preparation. Preparation, he said, of the people so they're ready for God. A people ready for God. What is he indicating that he wants us prepared for? What do we do preparation for? The main event. He says there's the main event that's coming. And all of this is preparation for that main event. An exciting thing that is going to take place. He could have told us a lot of things, but he chooses to focus on this one thing, and that is the relationship of fathers and children, children and fathers, generation and generations. Remember, remember, we are not living in the past, but we are learning from the past. And that's what he says, you know, when he said, remember the law of Moses. Remember the stories of yesterday. In fact, as Jesus said in his preaching, as he is, you know, walking through sometime in time events, Conversing with the people and, and the leaders of that day. And isn't it interesting that in the midst of that, what is the one thing that he says? Remember Lot's wife. Yeah. Remember Lot's wife. How many have done any remembering of Lot's wife? Well, it's not the only remembrance, but we'll get a picture. A picture, you know what I mean? He says, you know what I mean? Don't try to save your life by piling up worldly securities. No. He says, he says you know, don't get... Don't get too set and attached to this world. Why does he say that? Why, why remember? He wants to save us from very similar fates. You remember when they went and they took him by the hand? And they let him out of the city. But she looked back. There was something in her heart 
She was so attached to the worldly life. You know, it wasn't just a glance, but it was the position or a posture of her heart. And what happened? She turned into a pillar of salt or there was a hardening. A hardening that took place. I wonder how many people, if any, you have known where God has led out. Take them by the hand and let them out. And then they turn back. Yeah. And so he says, remember Lot's wife. Don't turn back. Keep going forward. He says, because memory can save you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And it doesn't tell a lot of stories, but it tells a little bit about the stories. And he follows it up with, these things were written for our instruction, so that we don't do the same. God doesn't want us to make the same mistakes as before. He doesn't want us to. And so in that, he gives us a warning, but he also gives us an invitation. A warning and an invitation. And we can make that decision. We can make that, that choice. It has such power in, in, in shaping us. The story. Stories from the Bible, stories from your own life. Stories from, you know, our personal history. There's something that goes in to every story. A history that connects to the future. Hallelujah. Let's take another phrase in our own American history. And you'll recall it when I say it. A, a, a memory that had the power to inspire. A word that had the power to guide. Remember the Alamo! It was that phrase. It was that statement, okay, that six weeks after the Alamo fell, that in that San Quiguinto, Texas, they defeated the Mexicans under that inspiring word. Remember. Remember the dedication, remember the sacrifice, remember the purpose, remember what went on. You know, you know, fight for them. Yeah, church, today we are fighting for them. And we're fighting for them 
both ends of the spectrum. Those kids that went to camp, those children that just walked out, were fighting them, fighting for them. No turning back. The children of Israel, you know, when they had this miraculous deliverance from Egypt, and they get out in a challenging desert, and when things are just not sweet and hunky-dory, you know, they want to go back. Thank God you're not that way, but this is the Father's Day message, my last one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, church. Is this America seems as we look at it to be falling apart? It's because, you know what I mean, we're not remembering. We're trying to, it's trying to go ahead and remove the history. And when you don't have that memory, you are going to repeat those mistakes. And so, you know, we can't shape them out there, but we can shape in here. We can shape the kingdom. We can shape the, 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 the children and the, and the people of God. So we remember not to live in yesterday, okay, but to know what works and what doesn't work. Amen? Hallelujah. Can't forget our past. You can't forget the suffering. You can't tear down history, whether it's good or bad. You know. Because Malchi tells us that our history is important to our future. John the Baptist comes on the scene. You know what I mean? And he repeats the same message of Malachi. Malachi. I have my own English. <laughs> Hallelujah. In real life, memory has a tremendous power. It does. He said, don't forget what happened at Horeb. Don't forget how God brought you out in eagle's wings. As a church, we must not forget the journey that brings us today. The lessons we've learned, the victories that we've had, the battles that we've fought has geared us 
and prepared us for the main event. Prepare the day for the day of the Lord. Now you can run all over with that. But I'm focusing right now on for the main event. The todays and the tomorrows of our lives. And he's saying it's important that family does life together. And when he says, remember the law, he's talking about don't just do family life together in recreation and in sports, but do spiritual life together. Spiritual life together. Can you have and should you have, you know, the departments and the elements, you know, the youth and the children have their particular days? Absolutely. But you should also always, dads, do spiritual life together with your children. Because it's the fireplace for revival. It's not in stadiums, it's in homes. Yeah, hallelujah. And that's what, you know, he closes out the Old Testament, the 400 years of silence, you know what I mean? But he leaves them with a message and he opens with the same message. Hallelujah. He says, I want you to look forward to victory. Yes. In verse 5, he says, shift our focus from the past to the future and from, the, and from memory to hope. See, you just, this, is this, this is not nostalgia. No. This is the fire that lights the torches that are yet to burn. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't know if you've noticed, but this is, it's taking place. There's, there's, there's greater connection. There's greater connection. I mean, I'm having greater connection with my family. Now, it's never been broken, but it's getting better. We're doing more together. In fact, is they're living with me. <laughs> I mean, the greatest, I mean, it's just absolutely wonderful. But I, I want you to see that it's taken place. You know, it's already started. It, you know, it isn't like some big revival just blows up. You know, no. 
It's just that you all of a sudden, you know, you connect a little closer, you understand a little, each other a little better. You make a little more room. Okay? You make a little more room for the differences. <laughs> I don't really like the term differences, it's building blocks. Building blocks. There are two things in, the, in that verse of Malachi 4 and 5. It says, number one, God will be victorious and God is merciful. He will be victorious and God is merciful before that great and dreadful day of the Lord. But here's what I've noticed in life. Sometimes it seems like God in this boxing match against the world, the devil, he kind of drops his gloves alongside his, along his side and he just lets them pulverize him. Jesus said, you know what I mean? When he was preparing for death, he said, this is the hour of darkness. You get this little slot here, but guess what? It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. So no matter what it may look like, church, today, as we look at the horizon of the world and, oh, Lord, have mercy. It looks like God has went ahead and just put his hands beside himself and letting the power of darkness have its hour. But... He will lift his hands again from his side. Hallelujah. And it will be the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. God sends messages and he sends messengers. Not all are heeded. Some are. He did both to Sodom, to Nineveh, to Jerusalem and the church. The church in the seven churches in Asia Minor. God sent a messenger and he sent a message. Right? Hallelujah. And he always does that before he, he always gives mercy before he gives brimstone. He does. Hallelujah. So we can take great heart. We can great, take 
great courage because he is a God of mercy. I'll ask my musicians to come this morning. God's aim is to spare us from the curse. Lest I come and curse. He wants to spare us from the curse. And we know that through Jesus Christ, you know what I mean, we're spared from the curse. We know that. But even in that, we must remember the stories. And he says, fathers... I'm putting something in your hand. Because what does he say? Turn the heart of the fathers first. Hallelujah. He reaches for our heart. And he starts to change our heart. Gordy, you said it. A father's heart. Oh. Not just an instruction. Not just a role of an instructor, but the role of a father. Hallelujah. The role of a father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. the best interest of the child. That's right. I love his follow-up. In the hearts of the children to the fathers. The response, the reciprocation that takes place. Amen. Revival can't start in the hometown if it doesn't start in the home. Acts chapter 1 and 8, we know it in the Great Commission, but he says, he says, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. That's home. That's local. And then Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. As I look over, and I know that everyone is saved here today, so... I don't need to make a petition to receive salvation. The is a story that you're familiar with. It's a story that we're known as the prodigal son. And I want to redo that and pluralize it. The story of the prodigal sons. 
one son was away in sin. The older son was away in his heart. One son was away because of the choices that he made. The older son was physically home, but spiritually away. You say, how so, Pastor? He couldn't be happy for the future of his brother. He held his past against him. And that story never tells us that he was really reconciled to his father. I don't know. He left that out. But he was never really reconciled to his father, even though he was home. So I want to say that this this morning on this Father's Day. Let's get our hearts, hearts home. Let's get our hearts, you know what I mean, reconciled to the Father. And in order to do that fully and completely, we must forgive the sins. is when Jesus taught us to pray one of the things that he, he he said that he put a connection between our sins getting forgiven and or your sins being forgiven is connected to you forgiven someone else yeah. and I think that it's a large picture about family there because you know a stranger down there uh, he doesn't you know he can't really affect me uh, you know what he does with those that are closest to us we have been blessed in our history with tremendous unity tremendous forgiveness we really have and so I'm not talking because that you know of something that exists But I'm telling you a story. I'm telling you a story. I think I'm more gentle than God is, okay? In my preaching, maybe. But you know, John says, and you say you love God and don't love your brother whom you haven't even you haven't even seen God. Yeah. So as we go forward, Pastor Doug and Tanya.
May the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit overflow in all of our words, our conversations, and our deeds. Amen. Amen. May we give honor to the past while always reaching for the future. If need be, let us remember the Alamo. Stand with me today and give the Lord a praise. Would you do that for me? Amen. Hallelujah. I believe with all of my heart that family is the fireplace of revival. Fire brand of revival. So then, what is really revival? It's when our hearts get together. It's when our hearts get together. You can be separate along, I mean, in some families they're clear across the country, but their hearts are together are together what do we have there worship team this morning hallelujah so I'm I, you know the great history of my lifetime the overall number of years come pretty close to 55 years You guys have been gracious and amazing to love me for 55 years. Because when I started out preaching, it was bad now as I look back. <laughs> you talk about how the mercy and grace of God can just work in spite of those things. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. It really is. of you have been with me in the 40-year bracket. Never be ashamed to remember. Never to the point that we've never done it that way before. way it was done then, it probably won't work today. If the heart is right, you know, it works. In July, starting in July, first, Doug is going to kind of take over and connect with him. You connect with him and Tanya. Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, 
that right, Doug? Yeah. You know, when the scripture says that, that you tell it to your children, you know, when you rise up, when you sit down, when you go out, come in, tell your story. Tell your story about God in your life and how you got started and, you know, everything, everything about it, you know. And, and, and I'm not giving vision for you, Doug, uh, but I do remember. See, down here, there used to be family camp every year. You know, probably about 25 years. And, and God had just kind of touched my heart that just maybe there would be a family camp again for the families. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you today for all the families. Thank you for the fathers. Father, ask you to bless them would you turn our hearts even greater than what they are Lord would you would you help us connect with you and connect with the family even greater father we want that revival that the prophet prophesied that John opened up the whole New Testament with that's the kind of revival that we want father and I thank you for it. And as we leave this house and this week, God, we thank you that you're at work doing it. And we give you glorified uh, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise and love one another. Praise God. Hallelujah.